You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, man, welcome to City Church Downtown. We're so glad to see you today. And you know, uh, in the Bible, the work of God is compared to the wind because the wind is mysterious. You don't know where it's going to blow or where it's coming from or where it's going. And so is the work of God. It's like the wind. You can't see the wind. You can't see the work of God, but you can sense it when it is near. And you know, the first word in the Bible for wind is this ancient word, ruach. And ruach translated means wind or breath of life. And so when the presence of God blows through, it's like new life comes into the equation. And I think about when I first experienced the wind in my life, the wind of God that is, I was spiritually born whenever I was an elementary school kid when I believed that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. But here's what happened to me is that after I believed, I didn't really think it took in me. And you know why I didn't think it took? Because my life didn't go through this drastic change from like the gutter to Jesus and freedom and all of that uh, when I was an elementary school kid. And then as I grew up, I became a teenager and I would go to these youth camps where there were these motivational speakers and the motivational speakers would really light us up. In fact, they measured their success on how many emotional pubescents they could get to walk down an aisle and make a decision at a church camp. And so they'd say things like this. They'd say, hey, look, um, Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all in your life and you're going to hell. And I thought, oh no, what's going to happen? And so then they would say things like, if you're 99% sure you're saved, you're 100% lost. I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't even have my driver's license yet. I'm not 100% sure of anything in my life right now. And so I better do something about this. I better run down that aisle right now. I mean, those guys would heat us up so much. I felt like a piece of fajita meat over an open flame, you know? And I thought, I need to get down there, I need to walk down that aisle, I need to quit smoking pot and try and convert all my rowdy friends, Um, and so that's exactly what I did. But you know, what it shows is how insecure and unsure I was in my relationship with God. Do you ever feel like that? Like you're not sure. You know, you, you feel insecure, you don't feel confident in your relationship with God. And I asked you that question, and I already knew the answer to that, because I've had literally thousands of spiritual conversations with San Antonians over the past many years, and what I've seen in you, some of you are my not, what I call my naughty Catholics, okay? We love Catholics around here at City Church downtown, but I'm calling you naughty Catholics, and you know why? Because if your grandmother knew you were here instead of at mass right now, she would wrap you up in a blanket of Catholic guilt. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Naughty Catholics, they're like, yeah, grandma would kill us, right? So, um, chunkla, you know, here here it comes. (laughs) But don't throw out all your Catholic heritage. It's good. Because from that, you got a belief in God and a respect for the Bible. And you learn some good truths. But here's what happens to some Catholic brothers and sisters, is you grow up thinking that in order to have a relationship with God, you have to be baptized, or you have to take your first communion class, or you have to go to CCD class, or you have to count your rosary beads, pray to Mary, and root for Notre Dame at football in order to get into heaven. And I want to ask you a question. Is that really what Jesus taught, or is that some rules that some some guys made up? Now, those of you that grew up in evangelical churches, you think a little bit uh, the same like this. Okay, those of you who grew up in like Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, uh, Pentecostal, and uh, charismatic churches, right? 
Um, you, you grew up thinking, oh, those silly Catholics, they don't understand. But what you did if you grow up in uh, some evangelicals think, hey, I have to make Jesus Lord of everything in my life. I have to obey him in every known area of my life or I can't have a secure relationship with him. And I want to ask you a question. Is that really what Jesus taught? Or is that an unnecessary group of rules that you've placed upon yourself? Now, others of you grew up unchurched, right? And you think, oh, those silly religious people, they get these crazy ideas in their heads. But if you're unchurched, a lot of you would say, well, I just believe in karma. That makes sense to me. Because, you know, what comes around goes around. If I do good things, I get good karma that comes back on me. If I do bad things, I'm going to get some bad karma uh, back on me. But it all comes back to you, doesn't it? And so all of these different philosophies of life and backgrounds seem different, but they're actually the same, creating religion that depends on you. Look, it doesn't matter who your pastor, priest, imam, rabbi, or Jedi is. Religion says you have to do good in order to have a relationship with God and be happy. But Jesus says, I've already done it for you so that you can have a relationship with me. It is a free gift that I offer you. And all of us from every different background, what we're looking for is spiritual freedom, spiritual life, right? We want to experience the life of God in our hearts and in our spirits. And as we celebrate Easter today, we're gonna see one simple idea. I wanna show it to you on screen, and it's this. When the wind of the Spirit blows, new life rises. And so I'm gonna repeat that, and I'm gonna say the first half of that idea, and then I'm gonna point to you to say out loud the second half of that idea. Are you ready? When the wind of the Spirit blows, Okay, in case you're new here, we do things with a little bit more heart and passion here at City Church. Dude, we're not from Dallas here. I mean, this is like San Antonio, okay? Let's try this again. Let's try it again, okay? When the wind of the Spirit blows, thank you, I feel so good right now. Uh, So new life rises. Now, after Jesus rose again from the dead, one of his friends, John, said this of him. He said, you're the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn, resurrection is like a birth, and we love births. We celebrate births here at City Church downtown. In fact, I just want to show you a few pictures of some beautiful babies born around here. Um, first, I want to show you baby Jake. That's a cute little, little guy there. Um, and then the next one is baby Amila, and then there's uh, baby Maya is next. That's a cute little baby. And then there's uh, baby Kaylee, that's a chunky little one right there. Isn't that, isn't that cute? That's a beautiful baby, isn't it? And then uh, there's, there's Espy, uh, baby Espy, who's so cute there. And we love babies here. Um, and you know, you feel something in your heart, don't you, when you see new birth and babies? Because God hardwired you and I to respond to new life and birth in the physical realm as well as in the spiritual realm realm. And this idea of spiritual birth is actually in the Bible in John 3. Look on screen with me. John 3, 3, uh, where the Bible says there, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are what? Born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Now, if you're like me, when you hear that, uh, those words, born again, it creates a reaction in a lot of us, doesn't it? 
because when you think of a born-again person, a lot of us think of like Flanders on The Simpsons, right? We think of a goody-two-shoes kind of guy who's saying that, you know, Harry Potter and all his wizard friends are going straight to hell. Um, But this is actually not an accurate picture of what a born-again person is. And I want to show you why. Because Jesus in John 3 here is talking to a guy named Nicodemus who was a goody-goody Flanders kind of a guy. Uh, In fact, he was a Pharisee who obeyed 613 religious rules. Now, some people think that if you don't drink and smoke and cuss and chew and hang around with girls who do and girls who chew, then you're going to make it to heaven. But Jesus says here, he looks Flanders right in the eye, and he says to him from John 3, 5, look at it with me on screen, I assure you, no one, not even you, Flanders, can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life, so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. And you know what that means for you and I? That means it doesn't matter how religious or irreligious we are. The winds of God's Spirit can blow in your direction, no matter how religious or irreligious you are. It doesn't matter if you're a drug addict. It doesn't matter if you're a Justin Bieber fan. It doesn't matter if you're one of those dancers who doesn't square dance, if you know what I mean. It doesn't matter if you're one of those men that wears a Speedo and you really shouldn't be wearing that thing. It doesn't matter if you're like a gangsta or a cougar lady or a chain smoker. It doesn't matter if you're one of those people of walmart.com or a slacker or a hacker or a thief or a porn watcher, or even one of those people that takes those workout selfies, you know what I mean? (laughs) The winds of God's Spirit can blow towards you. And remember idea, can you say it with me again, when the wind of God's Spirit blows? New life rises. And the winds of God's Spirit are moving all over our city, in the inner city, over uh, on, uh, in Beacon Hill, the winds of God's Spirit are blowing, and over on the east side, as well as the west side, and over in Dignity, which is on the east side, and Southtown, and Alamo Heights, and Alta Vista, and the Pearl, and Government Hill, and the Spirit's even blowing down on the south side, right? Does anybody know about that's going on there? Yeah. You always know when Southsiders are here, right? They're like, ay, yeah, right? <laughs> so, look, I want to show you the clearest verse in the Bible about what happens when the Spirit blows. Uh, look at John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that, what's that next word? Everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Now, I want to ask you a question. Those of you that are parents, how many of you would be willing to give your life for one of your kids? And I want to broaden it here. If you're going to become a parent someday, or you hope to become a parent someday, or if you were a parent, how many of you would give your life for your kids? Just raise your hand real quick. Okay, I see hands all over the place. Um, I have teenagers, so I don't know if I want to raise my hand or not. But let me ask a follow-up question. How many of you would allow one of your kids to give his or her life for you and for other people? And that's precisely what God the Father did 
when he allowed his son Jesus to die on the cross to satisfy his wrath and also pay the penalty for my sins and for yours. Now, Jesus teaches that his uh, spirit's wind is unpredictable. Look at John 3, 8 on screen. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where, it's, where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And after many years in the ministry now, uh, it never ceases to amaze me to see people, two people, who will have all the same spiritual advantages, and one will be born again, and one, another will not. And I don't know why. It's just the mystery of the wind. But I saw the unpredictability of the wind when I was growing up in Oklahoma in a part of the country known as Tornado Alley. And I remember the first time that I ever saw tornadoes. I was standing in my street and looking about a mile away and two twin tornadoes were coming down and debris was flying up. One of them hit a transformer and electricity was shooting up. And when I saw those two tornadoes, it made me realize just how small and powerless I really am. It's the power of the wind. And I had this friend growing up. His name is Val Castor. And Val grew up to become the senior storm chaser at Channel 9, the CBS affiliate in Oklahoma City. And uh, he chases the wind uh, as his career. In fact, one time there was an F2 tornado that went above his truck and 100 feet above him, uh, debris was swirling around 100 miles an hour. And one time he tracked an F5 tornado. And if you've seen that movie Twister, you know that in Oklahoma they call the F5 the finger of God because of its power. And so this friend of mine regularly watches the effects of the wind. He can't control when the wind is going to drop a tornado or where it's going to blow, but he positions himself so that he can see what's going to result from the wind coming through. And the information that my friend Val gives people about the wind literally saves lives every year. And this church here is kind of like a spiritual tornado alley. The good winds, not destructive winds, but restoring winds of God's Spirit regularly blow through this place and lives are changed and helped and restored. And the information we're giving here about God literally saves people's spiritual lives. And so, I want to ask you another question, raise of hands. How many of you have lost someone that you love to a death? Someone you love has died. Thank you, you can put your hands down. Right now, that's kind of a fresh thing for my wife Jeannie and I because my father-in-law has been given less than a year to live because of an incurable cancer and he's been the best father-in-law a guy like me could ever ask for. I mean, I respect him so much. I love him because he has uh, uh, been there to a fault for his family. Um, he has served God his whole adult life. Um, he has lived well beneath his means in order to be generous and give to other people and also to give towards uh, God causes. He's also one of the most intelligent men I've ever met in my life. Well, one of the things that uh, really has made an impact on me in recent days and my wife is that Pop is so confident and hopeful in the last days of his life. In fact, his doctor, his specialist, 
who knows that Pop is her intellectual equal, she is blown away by his hope and confidence facing an imminent death, see? And one of the things that's landing on me right now is that probably next Easter, Pop's not gonna be here with us. And what I want you to understand is that there's gonna come an Easter when people that you love will not be here with you, you know? And there will be an Easter where you yourself will not be here in this reality we call life on earth. And look, I don't like talking about death on a day that's supposed to be a happy day where kids are gonna hunt Easter eggs and break cascaronas and spread the uh, confetti and we should celebrate and have a good time. But look, there is one thing that you need to have squared away in your heart and it is what do you believe about the risen Christ? Have you received him into your life? And look, I wanna, just wanna show you one more verse and make a point about it. It's uh, John 1:12, where Jesus said, but to all who believe him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Remember we said that the wind is unpredictable. But from that verse, we just saw that even though the wind is unpredictable, it is absolutely available for you right now if you'd like to believe in him and receive a relationship with God. He said, as many as would receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. You are spiritually reborn. And so with that in mind, I'd like to bow in prayer. And so let's uh, all uh, bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you are sensing the presence of God's wind in your life right now, he's drawing you to love relationship with himself. I want you to just talk to him right now. We call that prayer. And you don't have to say it out loud. And the prayer I'm about to lead you in is not magical. But if you believe these words in your heart, then you will have a relationship with God and become a child of God right now in these most significant moments. Just say, God, I know I've sinned and screwed up. But God, right now, the best I know how, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. And I welcome you into my life. Thank you for coming into my life. Jesus, thank you that you're alive and well today, moving in the world. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Everyone said, amen. Now look, check this out. Check this out. If you just prayed to begin a relationship with Christ, you know your first step of obedience is to be baptized. It's like I'm proud of my wife, so I show off my wedding ring, don't I? I know I'm wearing a jacket, but lady, it's, I'm not available because I got this wedding ring on. You know what I'm saying? And that's like baptism. It's like you're saying, I'm proud of my new love relationship with Jesus. And I want to ask you to consider if you just prayed to believe, go back to the baptism uh, canopy back there, the gray canopy in the back to my right, your left, and you can be baptized right now today. It doesn't matter if you didn't wear a swimsuit. We got clothes you can wear in the baptism pool. In fact, I've seen a dude get in his jeans and cowboy boots. He just didn't care because he's so fired up to be in love relationship with Jesus. And so just get up at any time, roll back there, get registered, and you can be baptized in this service today. And look, when you see uh, these folks take the people down under the water, it's like a liquid grave. It represents that they died with Christ. 
And when they're raised up, it represents that they're raised to walk a new life with Christ and have the hope and the confidence of eternal life with Him in paradise. And so let's watch in awe, amazement, and wonder as we watch this beautiful multi-sensory experience called baptism. Those of you that are signed up, let's roll up here real quick and get baptized now. Thank you. And so, holy God, risen God, we come before you now in humility, recognizing that you're not only powerful and loving, but you're absolutely pure and holy, and your love for us is untainted. And God, I sometimes am amazed that you would allow a guy like me to watch baptisms like this, the true beauty in this world. And that you would allow me to look on such holy things as the way that the wind of your spirit has blown into people's lives and drawn them lovingly and graciously into your embrace. People from all different walks of life. And we're just so grateful you would allow us to be a part of it and to watch and gaze upon such wonderful things. And we thank you for your presence in the wind of the spirit here today. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.